Welcome to a very special episode of All Talk FC. We are ranking the Premier League goalkeepers. We talk about the All Talk FC derby. Frank Lampard has left. It's been a while since uh, that's happened, but we haven't done a pod, so we'll just do that. Um, I've got a lovely game for you lot, and we'll do all of our regular games. Let's go. So if I do um, make any weird noises, apologies. Mine get quite violent. Uh, secondly, um, based off of mine and Mark's text exchange, um, I hope this conversation about the All Talk FC derby doesn't get out of hand and Mark might understand what I'm talking about. But uh, I'll, let's I'll start be honest, with that. I stopped listening. I just stopped reading the messages. I think Mark was emotional. Yeah. I think Mark was just a bit emotional. That's all. But it's all right. Just wanted an argument. It's fine. You wanted I was an like... argument. I was. I was trying to point out to you that we agreed. And you were like, no, we don't agree. I don't uh, understand why. Chris did one of one of his usuals where he says, oh, Mark wants an argument. I'm like, all right, we'll just end it here. Then Chris tries again to have an argument. Then I'm like, all right, Chris, I know what you're doing. Then he tries again to have Why'd an argument. Why would you keep biting then? Why would you keep biting at it? You're like, Literally, like, look you, at the you last thought, few messages. You thought I didn't you bite thought, once and you carry on. Mark, you like, thought by saying And then he'll awesome. be like, oh, Mark wanted an argument. You thought How about we don't repeat this, this argument on the pod? Leave it to WhatsApp. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, well, do you know what, right? Uh, maybe let's just try and talk about it in some seriousness because um, I think it's one of those ones where you can say, for as an Arsenal fan, before the game, take a draw. Man United's probably the better team um, in most people's eyes. Uh, Mark made the comment that it's a good time to play Man United because they're probably not uh, in their best form during the game. And um, you can say I'm absolutely crazy for it. I was slightly disappointed that we didn't get the win, only because Man United should have won and they didn't, if that makes sense. So, I don't know, like, it was just a game for the taking for me. It was for both teams. It was, there were enough chances on both sides that one of them should have been taken. It was a classic, anyone could have won it 1-0, but United had the better chances, probably yeah, should have won it. Agreed. Also, Arsenal had three of their, be- their best three players out. So, in terms of, points lost for Man United that is I know I know Arsenal are in some form of you know some decent form now but to lose Saka, Tini and Aubameyang and not have them in the starting lineup is massive so I think it's United's two points dropped and I think Arsenal will be pretty happy with the point all in all but as the game played out I wouldn't it's weird it's not one of them ones where I say it was Man United two points dropped Arsenal gained one because we could have won that as well so it's just it was just Probably it a was, nil, it was, nil, nil was an appropriate scoreline because we both wasted chances. The different types. I know of the chances. quality of chances are different, Mark. I get that, and I agree with you. But like, there's still chances missed. The the way I would sum the chances up is how you would react to your own player missing. With Arsenal's chances, you would clap and you'd be like, "I scored kick or corner." You'd clap it. Where with Man United's chances. You would that's swear at them and say, you useless donkey. No, you know, that's, that's a really good way of describing it. That's how I would yeah. split the chances. It's like when uh, Pepe just missed that chance through Maguire's leg when uh, Lacazette hit the bar. It was like, oh, it's done well there. Like, good effort, good effort. But when Cavani misses an open goal, Bruno misses his chance, Cavani misses the overhead kick. You're like, Fuck, don't forget how, how did he miss that? Rashford's... Uh, 
their chances, mate. You're like, come on, man. <laughs> well, Opta, yeah. Opta agrees because uh, Opta says United had two big chances missed and Arsenal had none. So, yeah. But the, hold on. Then how does that work? Because for me, I think that... Um, I think we had four. <laughs> well, no, but, I, no, but I think that Pepe's one was probably the biggest chance a lot and it got saved by... Uh, having Maguire's ankle basically, so yeah, but that's a big chance. The way they'll, the way so someone like Opta, the way they'll, I mean, it is subjective when it were big chance missed, it's definitely subjective. There's no hard and fast rule to it, but generally speaking, if it is like within the six yard box, there's no defender, it's just the keeper to beat, or like whatever, then that is and you miss that's a big chance. When you're in maybe the 18 yard box, but there's defenders in between and the goalkeeper in between, and you've got to like. That happens quite a lot in the game, to be fair, and that gets blocked a lot in the game. I don't think you can call that a big yeah. chance. That's no. just a big chance, Smith. The, the Cavani one. It's a bit like Fred. The yeah. Cavani one for me was the, the, the first opportunity. That one's like, yeah. you need to be putting that away. That, yeah. That's a tough one to take. It was like Fred's one that Leno saved after a few minutes. It was like, to be honest, most of us were like, oh, well, that's as good as you can hope for from Fred, you know? Like, but probably was the closest we came to score it. Yeah. You clapped up. <laughs> So that's how I would have the differentiate like differentiation between them. I'm not I'm not sure there was too many of the Arsenal chances where you would be like, he has to score that. Where the Rashford one was one where I just I don't know, see. For for both it's teams, like, for both teams, um what 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 were your takeaways then from both of them, from Man United and then Arsenal? I, I think the the thing with Man United and I, Mark, you'll probably agree with this, and I didn't think it at all. I, uh, at no point in the season have I thought United are going to win the league. I just don't think you know. I don't think you didn't even let yourself just a little bit. No, I, I just don't think. I just want us to be in a title challenge. Yeah, you know, I, I just wouldn't mind us being a few points. The fact we're in a title challenge is awesome. Like the fact where where we are and um, the way we're playing is amazing, and the results we've had. Like the last time we before Sheffield United, the last loss was Arsenal back at the start of November. Mm. So the the run we've been on has been amazing. The team's playing amazing, but I, I think. I know Neville was harsh on United a lot. There's one thing that he said, which I do agree with, which is that there's been a lot of games in that run where United haven't played brilliantly. They've not been amazing, but still scraped through. And we've just nicked it at the end or we've come from behind a lot. Eventually that runs out. Eventually you can't keep doing that. And I think that's starting to show. So I just worry about the longevity across the season because we rely on either Bruno having fantastic games or Pogba having fantastic games or whatever it is, rather than us dominating teams constantly. I thought we dominated Arsenal for a lot of it, but didn't have the lack, you know, the kind yeah. of... So, I think we're, we're just let down by our centre-forwards all yeah, season. Yeah, completely. I think that's a bit... I think that's a very hindsight I was, one. I was talking... Yeah, um, hold on. I think that's a bit hindsight, though, because you're loving Cavani just before this game, so what happened... Yeah, he hasn't really had a, a, a fair run, but, like... Obviously, you, you saw how many goals Martial's got. I was talking to, to Damon about Rashford, and I was like, the problem with Rashford is if he has too much time, like where on the break where he didn't know whether to shoot or pass to Fernandez, he doesn't know what to do if he's got too much time. And then when the ball come across to him, he, it was too quick for him to react. So he needs a perfect balance between like not having too much time, but having enough time to, to make a decision. And it's like, where, where what Rashford is good at is he's fit, so he's always going to try and get a shot off. Like he he's good for a goal late in a game, yeah. but I look at like Greenwood, he just shoots all the time. His link up play is not good enough. Rashford's probably the best of the bunch so far. Cavani don't seem to get a fair chance, and Martial has just been terrible all season. 
So just on the Greenwood one, are you are you down on Greenwood then? It sounds like he's just young, but he, he's he's just not his link up play is just not good enough. Like okay. he gets the ball, he shoots. I, I still think he gets there. I think he's he. I mean, he's eighteen years old. Don't forget, like he he's an unbelievable talent at shooting. I think he's he will get there. It's just his, this is his stepping up. Do you know who? Do you know he reminds? He really, really reminds me of Salah. Does he? Yeah, because um, almost no, no one or no need or no ability for really any genuine link-up play, and just kind of just literally as soon as he gets the ball, he's just got an eye for goal and just wants to shoot every time. The difference is obviously Salah's, you know, older and probably more experienced, and it's not disparaging. It's just for me, I think that that could be a fair comparison because he just. Like if Salah's he, just got blinders. If, on if he can do, if he can have half the career Salah's oh, yeah. in the Premier League, he will be up there <laughs> as one of the best. And he could be. And he could yeah. be. He could be. He absolutely. Could Did be. you see Salah's goal today? By the way, his second goal. Yeah, no, I've not seen it. I Ridiculous. Been here, I'm trying. Very Suarez like. I very. I was trying to think. Has there been a better goal this season than that? I, I'm not sure there has. Well, I need to have a look. What about Arsenal then? Um, what do you think it says about Arsenal? Uh, it'd be. Well, we saw the, the changing of the guard from Smith Rowe to Odegaard, and it's like we both said it'd be inter- oh, we've all said it'd be interesting to see what happens with Smith Rowe now because he seems to be one of the reasons for Arsenal's turn in form. Yeah. Like, otherwise, what does it say about Arsenal? I don't know. Like, I, I think Pepe is not as like he seems to be coming out of the slump that he was in. He does look a Half decent player, like I think it, it started Pepe 72 million. He's going to be like the best winger in the league. Then it he looked like the worst winger in the league, and now it's like actually, if you get him playing, there's, there's an all right player there. He's not a world beater, but he's not, he could be starting lineup quality. I don't know, otherwise, well, David Luiz. I, I was, I thought it was strange, Danny, when you were like David Luiz is in the lineup. I was like, if you've watched Arsenal, he's been in the lineup for weeks now, and he's actually been quite. Didn't Gabriel? Yeah, he's... No, it, but Luis has been playing the last month, him. and he's actually been quite good. Um, this is why he doesn't know got... how good Leno is. I try and avoid watching Arsenal where possible. They, they were boring for a long, long time, and then the last few weeks they've actually been relatively good to watch. Um, it, with Arsenal, it's just juries out still, isn't it? Like, I don't know. Um, I I think it shows that you've got. So at the start of the season, when I looked at the players you've got on paper in the squad, the reason I thought you could make top four is because I think there. I think you've got a strong enough defence. I thought Saliba would actually Saliba and Gabriel. I thought would become the your two, but I, I mean, where's Saliba? I had, I had him in my first starting lineup on fantasy football. Well, uh, I mean, he's gone to Nice and he started his first game there. I mean, brilliant, but um. I think you've got a solid, you've got a strong enough defence. You need, and with Tierney there, you need a better right back, but you've got a solid defence enough that I thought if you play three at the back, it sort of suits Louise. You could probably keep get a few a few clean sheets and you've got enough attacking talent. So that's why I assumed you could probably do top four. I think what this game shows is you probably can get top four just because the quality around the league, around those other teams outside of probably realistically Liverpool and Man United and City, is all pretty similar. You look at Spurs losing to Brighton now. You look at Leicester who lost to Leeds today. Like that is there for the taking, and I think that showed that Arsenal can play at that level. Probably not consistently, but maybe enough to get there. 
Um, so it's something to build on. I'd be, I, I wouldn't be too downbeat as an Arsenal fan. No, for me, for me, uh, compared to how it started out at the beginning of the season, um, to now, I mean, like for me, the game just shows that we're 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 getting there, but we're not the finished article. We're not. We've got a lot of room to improve on, at least in terms of being clinical in the final third. Um, it's 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 a beautiful thing as an Arsenal fan to watch football players that actually pass the ball forward. You know, you look at Partey, who I just thought... Uh, uh, Gary Neville was having a laugh at, at one point and just gave the man of the match to David Luiz. Because for me, Thomas Partey was the man of the match. He, he was able good. to yeah. cut off play and as soon as he received the ball, he would turn around, uh, dribbled a couple of times, which was great to see. So he, he's kind of got that little box-to-box... Um, He's got a bit of that to him, uh, where he's athletic enough to kind of run from end to end with the ball, and his passing is just great. You know, he, he's, he's, spe- he's a huge, he's a huge upgrade on Elneny. Huge, and, huge and Gary Neville's just an arsehole for. Um, the, what what I what I'd be excited about as a uh, Arsenal fan is if you know someone like Odegaard, yeah, the jury's out. And we'll see if, if he has any kind of form like he did at Sociedad last year. He was probably the second or third best player in La Liga last year. He was unbelievable. It's why Real Madrid took him back. But of course, Zidane doesn't play kids, so it's not how he works. So he's been on the bench the whole season. And fair play to him. He's like, well, let me out then because he wants to make the Spain squad. He wants to play. Uh, Norway squad, sorry. He wants to play. Um, but I think that's a that's a brilliant signing if he can play like that. Because last year you were meant to sign Awa from Lyon, who's that kind of a player. You didn't. And I, I was calling, I was saying it then. You haven't got enough creativity in that midfield. Obviously, we didn't know about Emil Smith-Rowe, but you just haven't got the creativity. If you can get Odegaard playing... That's, that's exactly what he is. He's just pure player. That, that, that would be my only contention with a player like Odegaard is that uh, just as Emil Smith-Rowe kind of coming into it, would this, how would this affect him as a player that's going to be contending for the same spot? Because for me, since he's been playing, um, Emil Smith-Rowe hasn't really made a misstep. And he just looks... he He's quick. Uh, the ball's just out of his feet as quick as possible. He doesn't look to hold on to it. Um, he's not wasteful at all for the most part. This and, is why I think it's... And I'm not... Hold on. Yeah. I'm just like... I don't... I don't... I don't. If Arsenal's going to make the top four, that's that's going to be a great season for us. But I'm not looking to kind of be one of the best teams in the league. I'm just looking for some growth to, for the future. And if but, that puts Emil Smith-Rowe out of place just for potentially half a season from Odegaard, I, I just hope that isn't the case. But that, that's why I think it's a brilliant signing to because you needed that kind of player. And I, I think it's just too much pressure to put on a guy who's probably had, what, 10? He's reveling in it. But he's reveling it. He's not like he's failing. He's actually no, no, no. But yeah, but hold on, man. Everyone, look, Greenwood in his first ten games. Look at what he did. Like young players come through, they get their initial burst, and then and then the pressure starts to pile on, and it's tough. You can't rely. You can't say I'm going to get top four with Emil Smith Rowe as our main creator. You, you just can't. Like hopefully he'll come through. He's still a kid, and you have got to give him a chance. I think it's a brilliant idea to get more to get some competition in there for him, so he doesn't get. You know, lacks days about it, but also someone that he can learn about, learn from, play with, whatever. whether whether guys the right one or not, I don't know. But I think getting someone in was the right decision for sure. Well, he seems to have a good attitude to me, as from from an outside. So um, yeah, hopefully he kind of responds well. I think Sabayos would definitely not respond well. I yeah. think Pepe might have a bit of bad attitude towards him, but Amos Mifroy doesn't seem that type. So we should no, he's, he's, he's only really just broken the team, so he, he wouldn't have the like arrogance of being like I can't believe like there's competition like well he's done one of those things he's he's been benefited and I think that sometimes it started to happen a bit more but um probably didn't happen enough for certain young players but you know he's been out on loan to various different places so he knows that his space at Arsenal isn't a guarantee so he's had to work hard to earn that spot and so he's got that kind of attitude where he continues to work hard and 
and earn his spot rather than feeling like he's entitled to it. But, um, yeah. But the, the thing with, so just on that, because he went to Salzburg, I remember, uh, not Salzburg, Leipzig, yeah, and Leipzig Salzburg. a couple of years ago, and he played like 10 minutes of football in the whole in the whole season. They just didn't play him, so they bought, even though they paid a million pounds to loan him, they just didn't play him at all, so they brought him back. And then he went to Huddersfield. I know it's Huddersfield, and I know it's Championship, but he was really good. He's just, really good. Yeah, he's playing with grown men, like, that, that, that's, that's yeah. where you're going to get your stripes, isn't it? Um. Do you want to? I don't know if there's anything really else that's notable about the Premier League this weekend. I guess Chelsea kind of got their first win today, which is good for them. But um, and maybe, is this the end of Ben Chilwell? I mean, God, I imagine like maybe I don't know. If, hopefully, it's just rotation, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's pretty. Newcastle had a good win actually, didn't they against um, Everton? Uh, Everton. Yeah, yeah. such mean, a Newcastle win, isn't it? It's just. That's why it's weird that there's such this thing about. Oh, Newcastle's in danger. I mean, again, what do you want from it? They've just had a good win against a good side. What can you do? Um, I can't remember that. Um, Ray Clements is one of them, but they basically um, two weeks ago Newcastle ripped up all their co- like they got rid of all their coaching staff and they brought in a whole new coaching staff. And so it's Ray Clements and one of the others who was the uh, I've forgotten his name, but he was assistant coach uh, for one of the top teams. But they, they just brought in a whole new coaching team, and I um, I watched the. Uh, I watched the game or most of that Newcastle game and uh, I was really like that new coach within two minutes he was on the sideline like literally yelling at people he yelled at people the entire 90 minutes he did not stop shouting uh, but they looked organised they looked like really organised they dominated half the game they created loads of chances um, Callum Wilson should have scored more than the two he got mm. and they looked like they'd been coached to be honest which I think is just what they were missing now Mark has been responding to a new coach but with any luck, that that might turn things around. It's interesting because they looked like they had some legs, like they were running, they were they were active, which Everton wasn't. I mean, the the, the goal that uh, Wilson had at the end, you can clearly tell that Everton were just done. Even though it was one nil, they just didn't want to run back. Yeah, they, they showed the running stats, and they think Newcastle were top five mm. for running stats as all Newcastle players. Mm. Um, there you go. So something something. Shit. I mean, they've got two games now. I think they've got Palace, and then I can't remember who else they've got, but. Um, I think they've got two fairly winnable games coming up, Newcastle. If they suddenly turn they got three games and nine points, they're, they're mid-table again. they got Palace and Southampton, and Southampton seems to be on a bit of a dip for whatever reason. I Since th- Vestergaard went. It's the moment yeah. Vestergaard got but into he played, it. But he played last game. He played no, no, you're thinking of Bednarak, probably. Yep, I am. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah, that's so interesting then. It's like, yeah, I mean, you wouldn't have thought the centre back would have had that big of an influence, especially, but especially like from an attacking standpoint. They just maybe they're just not organised, or they're just running out of gas, or whatever. He, do you know what it was? Or player depth. He was he was becoming one of the one of the best centre backs in the league, and the, the way he was playing, which was just bonkers when you looked at him in previous seasons, he was useless. But mm. one of the things he was doing, which everyone, the reason everyone started talking about him like Van Dyke style, is because he was starting all the, all the attacks because he was basically, he's on the left side of defence. He was pinging out every single time, getting the ball, pinging it 60 yards to the right winger. And then all the chances were, you know, or out to James or Prowse or whoever, and all the chances were coming from that. And they just haven't got that. They haven't got anyone that's playing out from the back now. So as well as his defensive capabilities, and he's massive, so he's winning all the headers. There's also, he, he played out from the back and they haven't got another d- defender that does that. So it changes their whole way of playing because that's, that's what Hassan was all about. Frank Lampard left. He got fired. Good, bad move. Who knows? Matter of time, wasn't it? 
they, yeah. they, had this tran- they had this transfer ban where they signed two players, but still everyone makes out they had this transfer ban. Um, but they obviously at that time couldn't bring in a decent manager because no manager would want to go somewhere they can't bring a player in, except if you give it to an ex-player who's got hardly any experience, done okay in the championship. So it just suited both parties. It was always a matter of time. Um, they had the thing where they could they could get rid of him after a year and a half, wasn't it? And there's also, yeah, and then this summer they spent loads. And everyone's like, oh, like on Sky Sports and stuff, how much Frank Lampard spent. I'm like, Frank Lampard's probably had not any say over any of those transfers. <laughs> like Chelsea just the do what Chelsea wanted, do. Eh? I think he wanted Declan Rice. Was that the only guy he wanted was Declan Rice? Apparently that, that was all the arguments. He just kept saying, just get me Declan Rice. Based on that. And it, it, it was that point, yeah. Yeah, from that moment on, they knew what they were working with. Yeah. <laughs> we'll handle this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll get you your Declan Rice, don't you worry. Isn't it? Well, he's probably like, it. like Declan Rice's dad a favour or something. Proper club yeah. bias here. But there's like some clubs, like Chelsea... You get it at Arsenal. Um, there's a hint of it at United where you're like, the manager don't have a say in who they're signing. Like, Chelsea just do what Chelsea do. They just bring in a manager knowing that they're going to get rid of him in a year and a half. Yeah. So they're not going to get the manu- manager's say on players. They might take it into account. They might say to the manager, what do you think's missing? And they might say, oh, do you know what? We're weak at left back or we're, we're one-sided or we're, we're quite top-heavy. So they might take it into account, but they're not going to be like, all right, you go scout, you go find a player, so that's you kind tell of us. An, that's kind of an old model, isn't it? You, when we're growing up, for, for us, the manager controlled everything yeah. with the signers. But now there seems to be a general manager and then, you know, the coach, essentially, head coach is what the manager is. Yeah. So it's not, it's not sort of out of the norm, I guess. Yeah. So, so when they talk about Frank Lampard spent X amount, so he was always in trouble, I was like, that's not his fault. What's he meant to say? No. Like, yeah, exactly. Stop signing players. Like, so in that sense, I'd, I'd stand up for him. But yeah. why I won't stand up for him is I don't think he's very good. Yeah. Okay. Then without without yeah. it being without it being this is kind of what Chelsea does. Do you think that he deserved to be dismissed then? Uh, more, I think uh, he deserved the to see at the the new year. He got Chelsea into the knockout stage of. Um, I guess what Chelsea have said is Thomas Tuchel's free. Like, we need to snap him up. So they're probably thinking, okay, we've got this timing. Like, they don't want to lose a good manager who's currently available. Um, But I I, I think sacking him now was of no use. But It's a shame that we don't do the predictions and make a game of it, Dan, because you'd be winning. Was a good prediction. I'll give you that. But the, but Islam Mark said this. It was inevitable. There was no chance that this wasn't going to happen because so is he, is he yeah. the first, I'm, it was I'm my sorry. prediction last year, wasn't it? I'm so dumb. Is this, uh, is this the first? <coughs> is this the first second? This isn't the first second in the Premier League, is it? Uh, no, <laughs> Sam Allardyce came in. It's Billich got yeah. sacked. Second one. But the but the, the point uh, Mark's making is exactly right. Like you. It doesn't matter what team, but you're talking about Chelsea here, who who fire managers that win everything. But you took that team that goes and spends quarter of a billion 
on like six new players, seven new players, all supposed to be first team. You now got to incorporate new players into a new team as a new manager with COVID restrictions, and you're now going to be expected to go and win the league. Like literally any manager, you know. I, I'm, I'm, I also don't think Lampard's the greatest manager in the world. I don't know what you think I do, Mark. I don't. But most managers in that situation will have got fired because no manager, I, don't, I think, no, no, unless you're like elite, elite, would have been able to somehow be winning the league with this Chelsea team. You just, you just can't. Like you, They're rebuilding. Um, so I think their expectation was always too high and it didn't matter who was in that role, they were going to be fired. Mm, interesting. But there you go. We'll see how it goes with Tushel. You know more than me then, but he's he's a bit of a polarising manager, isn't he, in terms of whether he's good or bad? Do you like him now that he won, Dan? No, I don't like Tuchel cool. like cool at all. I think he's... I don't know, I've just never liked him. I've, in interviews I've watched with him, the way his team's played... Like he got PSG to the final um, of the Champions League, fair enough. But he, he, I didn't like him at Dortmund. I didn't like him at PSG. Yeah, he had a really bad time at Dortmund, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, uh, he's just arrogant. He's really arrogant, and he thinks he's better than he is. And he just comes across when he talks uh, how he is. I don't know why. I just don't like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe he'll do. I well. just yeah. Uh, PSG is just a weird one because I'm like, PSG is the ultimate player come first club. So I, I almost like don't no judge. Yeah, I don't really judge managers. But then the last PSG manager to come to Premier League weren't that Unai Emery. I don't think he, uh, was he, was he, a PSG? He, he had a spell before PSG. Before he came to us. Yeah, but didn't he go to PSG? He was a PSG. He was, no, he was, but it wasn't PSG to Arsenal. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, well, was PSG, now Poch was there and uh, they, they lost today against like third mm. bottom. Or wherever it was. Sorry. Just checking. It was PSG to Arsenal. Was, was it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There you go. So there's not a good record of them. Um, <laughs> yeah. Pot, pot, better be careful. That's a, that's a poison chalice right there. That's a tough job, the PSG job. You've got to win everything, but you can't. <laughs> it's just it's tough. It's because you've got name they on came, They came as close. They came close last season, but... Let's face it, the Bayern Munich were by far the best. Oh, miles ahead of them. Yeah, absolutely miles ahead. They got, I mean, PSG got a bit lucky in the right in the running. Um, they've got a good team, but I don't know. If, right. if they lose Neymar and Mbappe, they rebuild, maybe they'll stand a chance. But uh, Poch has got a really hard job in his hands there. Should we get to our hotly debated topic for ages and ages and ages? Go on. So, our um, goalkeeping rankings for the season, or the Premier League world. But, so, we've Danny, I think Danny kind of showed his hand a little bit early on about how much he actually doesn't pay attention to Arsenal. But he's been talking about how bad Leno is as a goalkeeper and being one of the worst in the Premier League, which um, I've just held up and said that's absolute nonsense. So it's basically forced us after weeks and weeks and months, probably, of talking about it to just rank the entire, uh, the entire Premier League of all their goalkeepers, which I hope we've all done. Yep. Um, so I said, I just put it out there, although I've actually ranked mine 1 to 30, or 1 to 20, I keep saying 1 to 30, 1 to 20, we've got them in five tiers. So tier one, which is the, the, the creme de la creme, the top, the elite, the second tier, which is about the, you know, the Champions League or Europe kind of rankings, four to six or two to six rather. Um, the third tier, which is, you know, good teams are happy with their goalkeepers. Number four uh, tier would be you know, good goalkeepers, but probably in and around yours, you'd be happy with them if they were, say, number two goalkeeper. Probably not the best. And then tier five is just just shit. 
championship and bust. Or championship just, and bust. just you've just done the, the twenty Premier League keepers, starting keepers, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I I've tracked a couple. because I, I must have missed some. Because well, that's I've, fine. Yeah, I mean, if, yeah. as long as we can put them in a category, that's fine. We're not, we're not going to get. That's all mine are in categories. I haven't ranked them. But... Yeah, let's. Uh, I've ranked them, but I guess I've put that's automatically putting them in a category, right? Well, yeah, I've, I ranked them one to twenty, and then I kind of yeah, me too. In what tiers, but um, so for me, I'll go with the first one. In my in my first tier, I've actually only got one goalkeeper, and that's Allison from uh, Liverpool. Um, in my mind, there might be one maybe two others that can stand by him. But Alisson, for me, is just hands and away the best goalkeeper in the league. And um, I just don't... Yeah, I don't know. I, I just don't think there's another keeper that's kind of close to him, really. I think he's an incredible uh, shot stopper, commanding his area. It's a massive, massive miss when he's not there. And I don't know if that's in comparison because the goalkeeper behind him is Adrian, who's dog shit. But it's clearly like a big, big um, uh, chasm between what the team is with and without him. So, yeah, I've just got him in tier one by himself. I've got two. One of them is Alisson, but the other is the other Brazilian, Edison. So, to me, they're they're pretty close. Like, I think Alisson makes, is one of the reasons Van Dijk got so much credit for turning around Liverpool's defensive record. Mm. And Alisson initially sort of went under the radar. It was like, so like, look at Van Dijk, he's turned Liverpool into a defensive masterclass. You're like, well, you do have a £75 million goalie who's living up to the price tag behind you. Um, I do, but I'd put Edison up there. I'd say he's, I don't I think, think there's much think, in it. I think he's slightly overrated, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't. I, I agree with Mark. I've got them both, both the Brazilians. Um, I just think... I mean, it's, it, what is weird is that Edison gets over, gets in the Brazil team over Alisson. That's why I, I can't quite understand, because I do think Alisson... He never a... did before, though. So when Liverpool signed Alisson, he was ahead of Edison in the, the Brazil team. Because I remember thinking, when City spent so much money on Edison, that they signed the number two goalie for Brazil. So it must flip-flop between them. So I don't think it's like a definite... It's always maybe. I mean, he's made he's made nearly fifty appearances, Alisson, for Brazil. So it's not like he's not played. He has played, but in the recent yeah. months, in the last twelve months, whatever it is, twelve eighteen months, Edison plays pretty much every game, which is weird. But I agree with you. I think they're too out on their own. There's a reason why City and Liverpool have been so good. It's been a fortune on them both because they're two of the best. Um, yeah, I think they're. Up there. I think Edison, I think, just gets a bit overrated because he seems to be so good with his feet. But, well, he, uh, but yeah, but I don't want. I don't really need that for my goalkeeper. I don't but he, he's a brilliant shot stopper too. That's the difference. The the, the challenge with world class keepers is they're in world class teams, so they don't do a lot. So it's not when you start looking at like yes. save rankings and all of that stuff, they're never anywhere that near because they don't have to deal with it as much. But the one or two saves they do pull off are brilliant. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I don't think I'm. I don't think I'm misguided in that. I mean, you know, Petr Cech was one of the best goalkeepers for so long. So is Van der Sar, but. Fabianski would be the player you'd want in your team because he'd get you more fantasy football points. Like, I understand, yeah. like, saves and bonus points and stuff. But, um, yeah. Anyway, like, in my second tier, then, I've actually, I'll do it in the order that I've ranked him. I've got David De Gea better than Edison, even though he's probably not had the, as, uh, I think a couple seasons ago, Ed, De Gea was probably the best goalkeeper in the world. Yeah. And he's probably slipped a little bit, but I still have a little bit of belief that he has that in him. And, being, and 
you know, Man United as a whole have gotten a little bit better and he's starting to show himself to be what he used to be. Then Edison, I've got Emi Martinez as the fourth best goalkeeper in the Premier League in that. Uh, Nick Pope, Bernd Leno six, and then Hugo Lloris is number seven. And that's all in my tier two. Um, so, yeah, but I was just going to say, I don't know if it's, you know, putting Villa and Burnley's goalkeeper in there, particularly Nick Pope, could be a bit of a tough one because he's not playing for a very good team. But when I, when I look at him in my, um, my uneducated eyes, I do think he's incredibly good. The only thing that might hold him back is he doesn't seem to be as vocal as a lot of other goalkeepers. But as an out-and-out goalkeeper, I think he's class. Hugo Lloris almost made the third tier one, but I thought I might be doing him a bit of disservice because I think he's a bit crap. Uh, actually, for the most part. That's so funny because uh, what do you not put Schmeichel anywhere near that level? Yes, I've got Schmeichel third. He's almost there. Almost there. He actually was just behind Hugo Lloris, but um, what? Uh, what yeah. make, hold on. So, just explain why Lloris is a better keeper than Schmeichel. Do you know what? I just found it hard um, to kind of make a differentiation between them greatly. But How about the the, one has won the league and one hasn't. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, look, I'm not, I'm not going to defend it too much. If you want to say that Schmeichel's better than Hugo Lloris, I'll take that. But um, it was more probably down to because of the influence it has on his team as a whole. Uh, he seems obviously he's the captain of of Spurs, so he clearly has a lot to say about it. And Spurs are a good side, and they're not the worst defensively. So, um, yeah, but I'm not going to argue too much. Saying you know, if it's between them two, I'm not going to argue with you. Martinez, I was surprised at myself putting him uh, the fourth best goalkeeper, but he's fucking class. Like I, I don't know he's how. Been good this season, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I know. I know you've been saying he's better than um, Burn Leno and all of this other stuff, because Burn Leno's crap and they shouldn't have got rid of him. But Martinez has been, he's been class this season. I it's so frustrating to see a player like that go, and you've been sort of wanting a goalkeeper for ages, and apparently he's been at Arsenal for ten years, and he's been excellent. He's he's been easily one of the best goalkeepers in the league. Not even that's not what's even, surprising is that he's been at Arsenal for so long, he had loan spells. How, how was he not good before? Like, what happened? The FA Cup, like, transformed him. It was like... It's weird, isn't it? But um, the, the thing with Martinez, so I've got Martinez... Um, I've actually got him sick in my... How many... Yeah. I've got Pope and Schmeichel ahead of him. I had Alisson yeah, got... De Gea, Schmeichel and then Pope. I'll come on to Pope saying, but the thing with Martinez is, I was having a look at the... Um, like, percentage of clean sheets and stuff he's won every two games he's averaging he's nearly played 40 games in the league and he's averaging a clean sheet every other game it's unbelievable and you're not talking about someone that's joined Liverpool or City where you're not going to get a lot of chances like he's right up there in the save percentages the amount he saves he makes penalties he's right up there and you joined an Arsenal team that let's be honest at the time when Leno got injured last year was not particularly great defensively. He joined a Villa team this year who were like bottom four for conceding goals last year. And they're now the second best in the league. Like you're talking about a guy who's just transformed the teams he went into. And Dan, you I can, you can't can, believe how good he is. You can, you can look at Aston Villa and you can look at Dean Smith and be like, oh, uh, maybe the coach has had an influence. Maybe the managers kind of implemented some things and structures defensively, which made them better. But then you look at last game that Aston Villa had and um, outside of the stupid VAR offside, Martinez fucking saved them from that, from getting a draw in that game, or even worse, he was all over the place, just you know, shot stopping from. Uh, it's just, it's so bizarre how someone like that can just slip through the cracks. But that's fucking Arsenal for you, fucking dickhead. Yeah. Um, go on. But it's not even just Arsenal. He was at loan at other places as well. So it's like it's weird. It's a, it's weird that he wasn't picked up before. Who? So I'm very similar to Danny. What's your What's list. your second team? 
So I've got Schmeichel, De Gea. Is this in any particular order? Sorry, this is your order? This is, oh, I, I kind of semi-ranked it. So I, if I do it this way, it would be Schmeichel third, De Gea fourth, Pope fifth, Martinez sixth, and then Patricio seventh. That's so pretty much same as what I've done otherwise, but De Gea third and Schmeichel fourth. The thing with Nick I, I rate Schmeichel so highly. Like I, I think for, for a year, before Leicester won the league, I was like, this guy is like, he, I think he started at City, didn't he? And it was like, um, oh, he's not going to live up to his dad's name. And then suddenly he's just like, he fills the goal. He makes the goal look small. And then in the World Cup, there was that when Denmark went out on penalties. It was like, he couldn't do any more to get them. Do you know what's like, funny? Further. I also thought of that. I, I still remember that game. In the World Cup. That's what reminded me. Is like, one, he's got a Premier League winner trophy, that medal, and not many, not many have in this, in this list. Um, which sets him apart, but also I agree that game just showed at a you know international level he is absolutely world class. And I, for actually for years we talked about it. If De Gea had to go in a few years back when they were talking about De Gea going, we were saying if they replace Mish Michael, I'd be all right with that because I think he's he's good enough. Um, I don't think that yeah. happen anymore, but um, I, yeah, he's good enough. The thing with Nick Pope, you mentioned it, uh, Chris. Uh, you're like, is it weird to put a Burnley goalkeeper in England goalkeeper in it? And until I start looking at the stats, I, I always like Nick Pope. I think he's good, but the stats are unbelievable for him. Absolutely, like I mean, he's he's top of every ranking. It doesn't matter what way you cut it, what data you look at, he's at the top. Whether it's saves, whether it's clean sheets, whether it's like percentage of shots faced that he saved, literally absolutely everything, he's fucking top of it. And it's because uh, l- last year he was if, he, if they hadn't lost on the last game of the season, he would have won the Golden Glove. Like you're talking about a guy who plays for Burnley, he's unbelievable, amazing goalkeeper. I don't know how he hasn't been snapped up to be honest by well Arsenal, to be honest. Yeah, it'd be nice to see him at a big club. Um but we'll see. I probably did maybe um Casper a disservice and not put him in that second tier, but um he was right on the edge there, so maybe I'll just it was just well, hard to pick some. You, you look at Rui Patricio, because um, I was really torn with Rui Patricio. Between him and Lloris, I thought him and Lloris, and then I've started getting into like the Fabianskis and Leno's level. But with Rui Patricio, the, the thing that gets me is obviously he's had an unbelievable career. He was, he's been the like Portugal keeper in world, two World Cups, three Euros, he's won the Euros. Like in his his clean sheet percentage in for Wolves, bar the last few months when they've got bad, have been unbelievable. But I don't know what it is when I've watched him, I've never been that impressed. It's just his well, that's, stats. That's, that's, that's I always I judge keepers by. So for me, I am because I, there's keepers. I put like there's keepers who catch shots and there's keepers who punch it. And I'll always rank a keeper who catches shots over a punch, puncher. And Schmeichel, Patricio, and what I saw of Martinez, which I didn't realise he was till this season, is they catch shots. And I'm like, that—that that is such a difference like, than giving a corner away or hitting it into an area. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting you say that because I've got, I've clearly got, I'll give you my, my ranking here in a sec, but I've got Patricio so much lower. And it's probably because I, I don't, I, you know, I wasn't, too familiar with him before his time at Wolverhampton, so I'm only really basically about as recency biased as you can get with it. So I openly admit that. But I've got I'll, I've got Casper Schmeichel, or although I'm going to move him up to the second tier if I can. Then you've got me into it. Um, I've got Carl Darlow, Newcastle. I, I don't know. I think he's really, really. I, I I think he's really good. I know you've got a weird face on that, but I do think he's good. Um, Fabianski. Uh, I've, I've looking at this. I've ranked Jordan Pickford too high because I should have. I can't stand the guy. Jordan Pickford. Uh, Rui Patricio, um, Guita for Crystal Palace, and then Edward Mendy at number 14, just on that borderline. 
um, for my number three, which are you know keepers you're happy with. Uh, yeah, Patricio for me doesn't seem anything spectacular. Maybe he has a history of being great, but for me, I'm not too familiar with that. Um, so that's why I guess he's kind of like somewhere in the middle. Um, I really like Darlo. I know you get, you can look at me like I'm some nutcase, but I, I think he could be. He's what a do really you like about him? Uh, I just think he's uh, a good shot stopper. Um, I think he saves new. He's cheap on fantasy. Which yeah, he's, not cheap. Cheap. he's like 5.0, but I actually think there's been a lot of instances where he's saved Newcastle from actually having a bit of pie in their face and a lot of instances. Are you telling me he's better than Debravka, who is the other goalkeeper at Newcastle? Um, I mean, I could be looking at them both at the same time because I thought that's who I was thinking of then, Debravka. <laughs> no, that's, that's who I'm thinking of. Not Darlow. No. Debravka's I'm... a better keeper than him. I do agree with that. Danny, Danny, I swear, I swear down to you. Right? Debra- Debravka is on you, the bench. I, I so. promise you, that's who I was thinking of, Debravka, and, and not Dilo. Um, I, I guess that's because he's a starting goalkeeper. But I remember being, especially last year when he first came, thinking Debravka's class. He was good. Yeah, he was yeah, good. I don't, I, that, I, can I change that for Debravka then? Because <laughs> you can do what you want. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. that's what I meant. Basically, I, I t- I, no spoilers, but yeah, I just. In, in my position, I've put any of the Newcastle goalkeepers. I didn't even name them. I was just like, <laughs> I won't tell you where they rank, but we'll get to it probably towards the end of this this yeah, section. Minus two, yeah. Eduardo Mendy, I've put him at the borderline because I'm like, I don't really know much about him. And... So hold on, where is Leno in your? So all this shit you've been. Doing... I was, you know what? Leno I was, was going to say this. I haven't heard you say Leno yet. Yeah, you did. Leno was six. He was just above Hugo Lloris between Pope and Lloris. Nick Pope was five. Oh, and then was six. I you missed... must have said, yeah, I didn't hear you say Leno either. Yeah, yeah he's up there. He's number six. Ah, okay. Sixth no, best I'm... goalkeeper in the Premier League. Leno's number 10 for me. When I, went, when I had to rank him, I've been saying he's bad, but he made the top 10 just. Yeah, well, especially when you start saying he's bottom of the league. So when you actually look at it, you're like, he's, well, he's certainly not that, but um, yeah, I've got. I've got, yeah. Leno is the first on my tier three. So I've put Leno as number eight. I went rogue and put a substitute keeper as the ninth best keeper. I put Henderson. Then I put Lloris. I don't think that's in the spirit of the game, but all right. Then I put Lloris, Fabianski and Pickford. So then my happy is happy with. You know, I put Pickford at 16. Uh, Do you know what? You're right. And you're right. I wouldn't even. But, but the thing is, right? I was looking at a few. I was trying to look at what stats does it matter with keepers? What things do? And do you know one of the most telling stats is there's um, errors leading to goals. You know that ah. is there's nothing you can do about that, right? But Pickford and Ramsdale top the charts for errors leading to goals over the last couple of years, and that tells you everything you need to know because Ramsdale's right at the bottom of my list. He's twentieth, and I, so at first I had Pickford a few higher, and I'm like, I just can't. I can't fit him higher than that. I would without even knowing the stats, I would be like, that actually makes sense because he's a fucking nightmare. He's an absolute nightmare. He causes so much issues for his back line. But I mean, I don't know why I was so generous. The problem is, right? So, so that uh, Newcastle, I don't know if you saw it, but the, the Newcastle header that Callum Wilson scored yesterday, unfortunately for Pickford, he's not the tallest. We all know he's not the tallest. But because he's not the tallest, he can't reach everything. And he should not be letting that header in. And if he's another. I don't know, four or five inches taller, which someone like Nick Pope would be, then he probably saves that because he just can't reach because it's too far away. Do you see the second goal was like Mark last week said about pressing triangle. With, with the <laughs> second goal, it was like triangle. Oh, no, I'm not sure. And then he's, yeah. then he's in no man's land. Like. This is why. So ahead of Pickford, I've got Meslier, I've got Johnson, I've got Guita, I've got McCarthy, I've got loads ahead of Pickford because I just, I don't know. I, I, 
just never impressed when I see him. He's actually done all right for England re- randomly. But yeah, he's never really let England down. But we play a lot of shit for England. Like when you think about the amount of good teams you play, play in San Marino at least twice yeah. a year or whatever. It's hard to let it's hard to let him down. Like unless you're like Rob Green or whoever, really mess it up against the San Marinos. Um, but the problem is because you see him week in week out, you know it's coming. You know in a big tournament in a big game, you know it's coming because that's what he's like. And that, that's the unfortunate thing when we've got Pope, who we're all ranking as the fourth or best, best, fifth best keeper in the league, and Pickford's still playing. Is that your, is that your tier, tier three, Dan? Um, my tier... Well, so I guess my tier three was going to be Lloris, Fabianski, Leno, possibly Mendy, on the fence with Mendy. Right. That's my... And that takes me to number 11. Wow, you are harsh. Oh, my goodness. I was, I was far more fun than you. Um, all right, tier four... After this, for me, it gets pretty loose. I ain't got a clue. Uh, uh, so you could do it in order or not. I've got um, um, Ariola, Sanchez, McCarthy, and then Ramsdale in my tier four. Good number twos. So I've, on mine, I've got McCarthy, Johnston, Guaita, and Sanchez. Yeah, I mean, Sanchez is a number two and he's doing well. So there you go. <laughs> Yeah, I, I've um, I've got yeah McCarthy, Greater Johnson. I think Sam Johnson's actually a good keeper for West Brom. He's probably the best asset they've got at the moment. Um, he's obviously he's just in a really shit team. Um, but then I've got Meslier before Pickford. Uh, but uh, the I guess I've then got my so I haven't really categorised them. But I guess tier four is McCarthy, Greater Johnston. I, I think Mesli, the, the Leeds keeper's all right. How do you say his name? Melier? Melier? Melier. Yeah. Melier. Um, um, do you know what? Um, he has good games, yeah, and he makes good saves, but he does also make mistakes. But then so do all the other keepers at that level. So it's interesting. I actually think I'm surprised that we all had McCarthy so low because you'd kind of think the way that Southampton are going, um, clean sheets. He's kept they kept the tenth um, least or tenth most clean sheets the entire season. Uh, he's kept yeah, happened. and he was good. Where did he come through? It was it Reading or somewhere, and um. When Reading were in the Premier League, I think they played him. I might be missing the team up here, but I remember McCarthy coming in at the end of the season for a couple of games when he was really young, and I was like, "Okay, yeah, Reading looks a real prospect." And I, I, I just, yeah, maybe I, we are doing him a disservice, maybe because he's not the the fanciest looking. The, the thing is, he's been at Southampton for five years. Like this isn't someone who's just joined Southampton. He joined them in 2016, so he's only just made it into. Yeah. The, I remember they had they had Forster for a long time. He was their number one. Then they had uh, I can't think of there's someone else, but he's never been the number no, one. I couldn't think of his name yet. Last year, who was it? I, I can't remember. Who it was last year, but that um, who was it last year? But he he's never been the number one. I think that's what puts you off. I, for me, he's not a bad keeper, but he's not elite. By any means, and I think he bene- he's benefited from a good, organised, strong Southampton team that has a strong defence more than he's the one saving them and causing the clean sheets. Is my view on it? I mean, I've had him in my my fantasy team since day one because not because I think he's a great keeper because I thought he'd score well. Uh, my last one, then I've just got two goalkeepers: Sam Johnston and Melier as my 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 number two. Is your bottom? Wow! Yeah, because Leeds is crap. He's crap. And um, they're just letting too many goals. I mean, he—he he, if he was in a better side, he'd probably be further up in, in, in my little table here. But because defensively, I think they're, they're an absolute shit show. And because he's, he still seemed like a young goalkeeper that's kind of trying to find his way. 
Um, he's probably been set up for failure a little bit, but I just, I just. How can you not? How can you not have Ramsdale last? He's going to get relegated twice in two seasons now. Yeah, I've got Ramsdale last. I mean, look again. I've I'm got any, at... any of the Newcastle goalkeepers above him. Yeah, I've got Darlow down there. Yeah. I've got Ariola. Ariola. Yeah, he's not good. And, but top top of my championship level is Mendy and Kepa. Like <laughs> Kepa didn't like, make Kepa. I'd have Carl Walker in goal over Kepa. Well, I mean, yeah. I didn't do any backup goalkeepers and stuff like that. I was just doing the starting line. Yeah, Mendy and Kepa are both useless, and do not be surprised if if we never see of Mendy again after the season. Like, it's just like I, he I, was a he was a quick. You think they're going to go and spend another million on a? You think they're going to go and buy Nick Pope? Maybe they'll get rid of uh, Mendy. Um, uh, they'll get rid of Kepa, and then they can get another big keeper. They can't get enough. They got Mendy because he was relatively cheap. And uh, you know, you, if you buy cheap, you buy twice, as I was always told. I'm just glad. So through this exercise, then you can finally admit that Bernd Leno isn't the worst keeper in the Premier League. I'll admit he's not the worst keeper in the league, but he is worse than West Ham's keeper, Wolves' keeper, Aston Villa's keeper, Burnley's keeper. He's not a great keeper. Awesome. You're not going to win the league with Bernd Leno in your team. Oh, that, is, that is fine talk right there. No, but the, the the point is, if you were Arsenal manager now, you walked into Arsenal, the goalkeeper is not the, it, it's not even in your top priorities yeah, to look at. You're happy with him. I, I disagree yeah. completely. I think it's right up there in your priorities to fix. Look at we've uh, just said. Look how important goalkeepers are. Yeah, but he's great. He's really good, man. He's really good, and he's improved. Yeah, he is one of the reasons it was nil nil yesterday. That save against Absolutely. Fred was quality. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, time will tell. Time will tell. But I think I, I my gut feeling is I think you will Arsenal will sign a, a keeper before Chelsea, do, unless Chelsea do get rid of Kepa. I think Arsenal will sign a big keeper before Chelsea do. No, not that if they got rid of Martinez, they're not buying anyone else. Uh, right. Um, let's quickly do our prediction. Uh, not predictions. Our results league. Just so we can get this quick. We got into a nice game. Um, how many did we have here? Two, I think. Two weeks worth. Yeah. I did. Plus, I had one of my games in the middle that was. Yeah, the game in the middle, which you got three points for, which is good. Aston Villa beat Newcastle 2 0. Um, I got Spurs to beat Liverpool 1 0. That didn't happen. Danny got Arsenal to beat Southampton 2 1. He got one point for that, one away point. Mark did Fulham to beat Brighton. Mark's having a nightmare lately. Terrible. 0 0. You know, Brighton had 23 shots in that game. How it ended 0-0, I have no idea. Great keeper, Ariola. Um, and then the last week's one, I did Crystal Palace to beat Wolves uh, 2-1, and Crystal Palace won 1-0. Danny copied me and went for Wolves to beat Crystal Palace. Keeps doing that. But obviously, Wolves did not win. How did you ever think that? Mark got Burnley to beat Chelsea. That's just a throwaway, I'm imagining, because uh, Chelsea actually spanked Burnley. I... Yeah, I had um, I had to to pick Chelsea to lose some point, and I yeah. just thought, there you go. I think it's a bit too early to be throwing games like that away. But if you want to do that, then you go right ahead. Um, I've got a game in the chamber that I want to put into my results league. If that is all right, may I go ahead? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. is that all right? Although I seem to have lost it now. There you go. Lovely. Just move yeah. your mic a bit closer. Oh, can you hear me? Yeah, there you go. Hello, yeah. hello. Yeah. <laughs> Too close. <laughs> Too close. 
Uh, I'm going to go for Man United. Man United to beat Southampton. And I'm going to go for 2-0. Someone write that down for me, please. Uh, hold on. Are you doing it, Mark, or am I doing it? Manchester United. You do it. Southampton. Um, just checking. 2-0, I've... 2-0 yeah? Yeah. Oops. Lovely. Uh, I'm going to go for Arsenal. Another big away win. Um, I think Wolves are going to continue their slump. Um, I'm going to go for a... Do I think they'll get three? Yeah, I think they'll catch them on the break. I'm going to go for a 3-1. Yeah, Wolves are not looking good at the moment, man. Jesus Christ. Losing Jimenez is a, is a big problem. But they've got some talented players. They should be able to at least generate something. They just signed um, William Jose from Sociopath, yeah. who's sort of a bit like a Giroud type. So with any luck, that, I mean, exactly what they needed, someone to get on the end of crosses. Because they've got Neto and Podence and Troy just firing crosses all the time. They've got no one to get on the end of them. Um, Mark, go on. Finish us off. Uh, I'm going to do West Ham, West Ham to beat Aston Villa. Love and I'm going to go for... Let's go... Uh, let's go 2-1 to West Ham. Big. Big. That's away as well, right? It's definitely not going to happen. But all right. I haven't picked West Ham all season and they're having such a great season as well. They are. A really good season. Suchek. If the answer is always so check. Yeah. Unbelievable. Right, guy. Right. Um, should we go for a yeah, nice quick what's, game? What's the scores? Hold on. What's the scores no on the scores doors? On the doors. Oh, I'm loving it. So I'm on Danny, 27. With a game in hand still. I'm on 17. Mark is on 16. But nice. it's, it's all to play for. A couple of results go your way. And, um, oh, hold on. Hold on. Oh. oh. Hold on, I just realised I can't pick Arsenal. I picked them to win twice. Oh, you've done it now. You've done it now. Oh, no, we did this before. It, you're allowed. It. So it is written, so shall it be Hold done. on, we did this before oh. and you're allowed to change. Oh. You changed it, so oh. yeah, I'm having that. I'm gonna have I was to change surprised it. when you were picking them. I was like, oh. Uh, right, I'm going to have to pick somebody else. I, did, I didn't think to look at the stupid thing. Isn't this your game, Mark? Come on, man. Uh, yeah. Right. Oh, I literally picked everyone else once. That's a good, good to know. Uh, what are the chances Arsenal. that would do that then? Except Arsenal, for goodness sake. Uh, that's so funny. <laughs> the one team. Uh, I'm going to pick, I want an away team. Um, I think... Uh, quick game's a good game. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to go with... We've got so much more. This pod is too long. Yeah. I'm going to go with Everton to beat Leeds. Lovely. Find out next week. Who Danny picked. <laughs> Very good. Everton to beat Leeds. Lovely. Yeah. I'll right. change it. Do you want to do my game? Yep. On it. Yes. The headline game. You love it. I love to do it. Um, so it's almost to the end of the transfer deadline um, for January. Uh, not much has happened, I guess. Too exciting for any of the big teams. But um, maybe we can get a few more. But so I've done some headlines and I've omitted the name of the club that the player is linked with. So here's an example of one that has already happened. Jesse Lingard, blank, led race for Man United midfielder. What would that blank team be? West Ham. West Ham. West Ham, exactly. So you get the game. You both get to answer all of these questions, all right? 
so you do it at the same time so you might want to get a pen and paper or whatever I've got a couple uh, single ones and then I've got some doubles for you so there you go right so the first headline Christian Benteke expected to remain at Crystal Palace despite blank interest what mm -hmm. team who wants to go first go on Mark you go Alright, I'll go with um, so it'll probably be someone crap. So I'll go with West Brom. Danny Boy? I was, I was gonna say West Brom as well. You can say it. You can say it. Can I say West Brom as well? Of course, you don't have to pick the only one I can think of that was ever mentioned of him, so West Brom. Correct. Both of you are correct. This is the story of Christian Benteke probably going to move from one team to a really bad team, West Brom, to uh, not score goals. I was just thinking, big Sam Allardyce will probably just want a, a typical Sam Allardyce striker. <laughs> that was like... Well, I thought he was linked with an Italian, I think it might be Palmer or whoever's bottom of the Italian league. I think he was linked with them. And, uh, and I just remember thinking, like, what, why? When you're at the bottom of the league, why would you sign Benteke? You know who Palmer have up front, don't you? What's that? Do you know who Palmer have up front? The Arsenal legend. Eduardo. Jovino. Oh, That's why they bought the league. Do you know what I the had? Streets will never forget. Do you know what I had a random thought the other day? What happened to the Sam Allardyce of Old Bolton? The exciting flair teams. This just seems to be this boring kind of get you out of relegation type. It's so strange. Money, isn't it? Yeah. I, I think he realised he had more money for keeping Sunderland up in three months than he earned his entire time at Bolton. Yeah, exactly. Like... That's a shame. Apparently he's really into his analytics. I highly doubt that. Um, Alright, this next one. Blank plotting Patrick Van Arnholt transfer swoop after oh. Tyree Mitchell blow. Um, oh, I heard that. I heard that one. Danny uh, first. Blank plotting Patrick Van Arnholt transfer sweep after Tyreek Mitchell blow. Which team was interested in Tyreek Mitchell but might be moving towards... Oh, which team was interested in Tyreek Mitchell, not Van Arnholt? No, they, they, they were they were interested in Patrick Van Arnholt. Yeah, so I, I'm pretty sure I read the other day that Arsenal were interested in Van Arnholt. Is it, are you asking... Which team was going for Mitchell or which one was going no, for... which team's going for Patrick Van Arnholt? Right, I'm, I'm going to go with Arsenal. Right. Dan? Uh, Mark? Right. Danny always sounds so convincing, so you just want to copy his answer, but I'm not going to. <laughs> I'm going to go... Uh... All right, who needs a left-back? I'll go... We'll go with Southampton. Um, the answer is Arsenal. Boom. Uh... Patrick Van Arnholt has been linked with Arsenal. Arsenal actually um, showed some interest in Mitchell, but Palace have seen him as a long-term option. So they've decided to keep him. So they're going to try and you uh, get to Patrick Van Arnholt to provide left-back cover and also competition for Tierney. You're not going to get in above Tierney, you right. assholes. It was just a backup, I guess, but yeah. still weird. Right, so Danny's up 2-1. Next one. Uh, blank, confident of signing... Tottenham's Deli Alley before transfer deadline day. Ooh. Both of you. Uh, Mark first. Ooh. Blank confident of signing Tottenham's Deli Alley before transfer deadline day. I'm going to go with 
PSG. I mean, that the only one I was going to say, that's the only one I've heard him been linked with. Um, still confident of signing him. Oh, it's got to be. Poch, PSG, yeah, PSG. PSG is correct. It's Danny's tactic. Just say my, he's got the lead now, so he'll just copy my answers the whole way to well, the no, end. Well, I'm first, I'm first next time. So it's not, not going to work. Don't worry, you'll get a chance after this. We've got some good twofers, which are good. Um, right, blank. Aim for third time lucky in James Tarkovsky transfer chase. Danny, which Ooh. team are interested in James Tarkovsky? They tried three times to get him. Oh. Um, who? Do you know what? I, I keep thinking them, but it can't be them. Um, who is going for James Tarkovsky? Good game, good game, Danny Boy. I'm going um, to give you a time here. Um, I'm going to go for uh, Leicester City. Leicester City. Mark, who? I'll go Spurs. You've gone Spurs. The answer is Leicester City. Is it really? Yes, oh. it is. Oh, yes. Get oh, it. I was caught between those two. I thought it'd be, it'd be a level above... Uh, I thought Everton. Spot some reason I had, had Everton, but I think I was. It was Michael Keane that was put me off. Oh, hello, Chris. We've lost you. Mark, can you hear him? No. Hello. I pressed. I pressed the mute button on, the, <laughs> on this. Just testing us. Yeah. Sorry about that. Um, right. These now. It'd be great if that was his front three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just don't say anything. Pretend. Um, so these these next three have two teams in it, so all to play for still. Um, all right. Danny's winning two uh, by two. He's winning four two. Right. So blank and blank could go head to head for Manchester City defender Eric Garcia. Oh, nice. So two teams. You can say any two teams that you like. Blank and All right, I'll go with head for Manchester City and Eric Garcia. Yeah. I'll go Barcelona and Real Madrid. Barcelona and Real Madrid. Danny, who are you going for? So it's got to be Barcelona. That's definitely one of them. Would it be Real Madrid? Oh, and you've said my answer is every other round. You might as well stick carry on the I don't think I think it'll be Barcelona and probably um Go on, let's go. I want to say Arsenal because I'm sure I heard them talking about it last summer. I'm going to go Barcelona and Arsenal. So Barcelona is one of them. And the other one is Arsenal. Arsenal and Barcelona battle it out. Go head-to-head for defenders. Honestly, only because last last summer they were talking about it. And Arsenal seems to be in in the process of looking for defenders. There you go. So... Uh, Mark gets one point Danny gets two points wow what a game he's having um, Edin Dzeko trains alone at Roma as ex-Manchester City striker looks to secure move away amid interest from blank and blank so Edin Dzeko trains at Roma interests from blank and blank Danny you go first I have no idea um 
I'm going to go for Wolves because they were in the look for, looking for a striker, and I'm going to go for Inter Milan because Conte seems to buy everyone. Mark. Oh, oh. I thought Inter. Uh, but I've got to be different. Try and win it. I'll go with uh, West Ham. And I'll go with uh, Aston Villa. Uh, one of them is Everton, which you did not get. And the other one is West Ham. Boom. Yes. West Ham. <laughs> I, was just, I was just spreading my bets. I was just like... <laughs> yeah, Everton's a good shout as well. They need, there's so many teams in the in the market for a striker next summer. It's crazy. So, so um, Danny's winning by two. So it's all still to play for, although I haven't got a tiebreaker, so we'll see. Um, so this one is blank and blank join race for Southampton star Danny Ings. So Mark, first with this one. Blank and blank join race for Southampton star Danny Ings. Um, who they be? Who they be? I don't even know who would want it. Um, I know. Yeah. I, if it helps, I know one of them. Ooh. Oh. That puts the pressure on. All right. I'll go. I don't. I feel like you'll be aboard. I'll go Atletico Madrid and track one in England. So we'll go Wolves. Danny? Um, Atletico Madrid have the greatest striker in the world right now. We've seen Luis Suarez's stats. Ridiculous. He scored again twice today. And them dips. Them dividends. He has scored something like 16 goals in 23 shots. Something stupid for, for Atletico in like nine games in a row. Um, it can't be Atletico. There's no chance. Uh, it's Tottenham. Definitely. They were talking about Ings. The other one, I have no idea. Uh, Liverpool. Um, I don't know when you would have seen it with Tot- would you say Tottenham because um, certainly not at the time that I wrote this headline oh. um, or someone else wrote it but that is incorrect oh. the teams are Leicester City and Everton join race for Southampton star Danny Ings so, I could have sworn that I thought I was in memory a couple of days ago there's a of- strong chance that you could have I mean I, I trawled basically the BBC Sports Gossip for the last week and these are all the ones I came up Fair with. Enough. I didn't see it, so there you go. So the scores on the doors are Mark has four points, Danny has six points, he wins. Done, Dan. Lovely, well done. Great stuff. That's a great game by you. I know my football rumours. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. I know it's not a good game, I guess, but there you go. Yeah. Right. Um, is it just front feedback four? Is there anything else we've got to talk about? Okay. Front three, back four. I'll go first if I don't mute myself. Uh, in my front three this week is me. I'm a hero. Uh, I went out this afternoon and I gave blood. You can see the war wounds. Um, for those that know me, know that I have a bit of a phobia over needles. But uh, So it was quite a stressful process leading up to it. But yeah, went out and gave blood for the first time, which I've never done before. Um, hopefully I didn't catch COVID in the uh, meantime. So uh, I just encourage everyone who can to go out and give blood. Uh, you go out, give blood, save lives, uh, or um, stay in and save lives. I don't know, depending on. What made you want to do it? Well, Sarah saw it on Instagram, and um, it was quite busy because I think a lot of people saw it on Instagram. 
and she went <laughs> she signed up to do it and then um I was like, oh, I've always wanted to do it. So I went, yeah, just thought. I also want to find out what my blood type is. Sarah thinks I'm AB. Did you find out? No, you find out in a few days. Which means she thinks. Uh, is she just guessing your blood type? No, I think it's apparently there's certain personality types to um to what? Uh, yeah. blood types. And AB is like the, the rarest one. So I'd imagine that's what I am. I, I oh, no. Um, yeah, so maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Are we, are we similar? Probably not. <laughs> I I've gave blood a few years. Ago. Version is I've got the shit's blood ever. So. I've got the the blood that's good for everyone else, so anyone can take my blood. Slay. Yeah, I'm the opposite. I can't take Slay. anyone. I'm the opposite. I actually stopped giving blood because they once to, after my last visit there, however long ago it was now, because I got to about twenty or something, and they said to me something. The woman just passed a comment says something like, "Oh, it doesn't matter. They probably won't use yours anyway." I was like, "Excuse me, what?" And she's like, well, you've got such a rare blood type. Only 2% of the population can take it. And I was like, right. She's like, well, it only stores for three weeks, and then we have to get rid of it. So the chances are it won't get used. I was like, what, what am I doing here then? This is pointless. Oh, that's a shame. So that was it. I was, after that, I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not going to give anymore because I need it, clearly. I just well, It was weird because I tried to register about three weeks ago, and they said, I, I signed up at blood.co.uk, whatever it is, and they're like, oh, we're going through a busy time. We'll get back to you. And that's what it is. It uh, sounds a lot. I bet a lot of people register, but well, I, probably I don't go through the whole thing. I just um, uh, when we had to do a questionnaire when you got in, and there's all this one about basically around your sexual proclivity. And I was like, there's no way Mark will get through this. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in my back, uh, it's good this, to get blood. It's good to get blood. Yeah. Yeah. No, I've. I, I, want to do my bit in it i haven't been able to do volunteering for a while so there you go um in my back for this week is um is a uh corruption in the police force or if you've seen line of duty dirt ben coppers ben coppers this week but how good do they look <laughs> <laughs> is that the one <laughs> is this where we're going no 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 why what happened uh carry on and uh, oh yes. uh, um, so 31 police officers are being fined uh, are facing 200 pound COVID fines after they uh, were all given haircuts in an East London police station yeah. on duty. I thought that's where you were going. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, look, one's good once it's finished. And you know what? Look, for, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty woke when it comes to governmental organizations and their corrupt nature. So for me, I just, I'm not surprised and I'm actually outraged by this. I mean, you know, fair enough, you need a haircut, but. Uh, risking your life for a short back and sides just ain't the one. So, uh, yeah, absolutely outrageous. They should all lose their job, and I think it's disgusting and disgraceful. Amanda cut my hair yesterday. Yeah, I think it will good look once it's finished. Oh, no, I said that wrong. <laughs> she is the dog clippers. Yeah. Don't even joke. She is the dog clippers. That's all we had. Fleas. Fleas uh-huh. McGee. No, no. Yeah, that's so stupid. Hopefully... Hopefully they don't get fined. I mean, I don't know. Jesus, it's weird. I was. I had this weird thought about like. I think that we've obviously got all these restrictions, but in in these civil service jobs where they actually have to go out and interact with people, the rules. The rules. I don't think the rules should apply to them. They should have a little bit more leniency on certain things they do because they have to interact with people anyway. So if they had one per one barber come into the police force to give them all haircuts, I mean, what what do they expect them all to look rough and and and? But I think it's the fact that police officers from were going there. They didn't. They weren't from that necessarily. From there, they they were actually going just for to get their haircut. Like, and in the last month, they've got like 
quite a bit stricter on finding people. Like yeah. they're finding people a lot. Like they're finding people for having a coffee with their dad. Like yeah. you know. And then they're like, oh well. I think law make law makers and the people who enforce the law, unfortunately, they, they should follow it exactly. So be like Judge Reg, I am the law. Yeah. <laughs> who's uh, who's next? Uh I'll go. Yeah. Yeah. If you're um, on, you got it. Is that a yes, back? My, my back four is uh, French football fans. Oui, oui. Uh, I don't know if you saw in the news this week, um, French football fans are nuts anyway, but um, yesterday the Marseille-Rennes game got called off because a huge amount of Marseille fans decided three or four hours before kickoff to go down to the um, training ground of Marseille to protest because they're so unhappy with how the team's doing, rather than just protesting and standing outside. No, they took rockets, they took flares, they took fireworks, they took everything. They set fire to the training ground they even hit they, they hit a rocket at one of the defenders like they were there ready for the game so they called off the game set fire to the training ground went absolutely nuts uh that's just apparently how it happened you know but no one bad eyelids i asked the marseille fans that's how it is and literally the next day saint etienne fans who are also very unhappy with how their team are doing uh, they also broke into their team's training complex on the saturday the game was on sunday uh to protest and also the uh, so admittedly they didn't set it on fire they also broke in three four hundred people um to protest with the players there like telling them they're not good enough the irony is at Etienne went and won today and they beat nice so um maybe it works but either way they're nuts well, i was gonna say did um yeah but did those players um were they called names online because i'd say what outrages me more <laughs> yeah uh, so that's my back for Go on, what? What were you I was going to say, I never knew X could be so racist because all these racist comments online are coming from uh, profile pictures of the egg. <laughs> I know, I know. Yep. I mean, let's not get into it. Yeah. <laughs> keep it keep with a joke. Well, let, yeah, let Reese James deal with that. Um, my front three is, um, well, it was going to be Tom Brady just for a special mention because first man to get their team to a Super Bowl at their home stadium and it's Tom Brady. Did we Tom Brady last week or the other week? No, nah, I don't think we did. Okay. Uh, we, we talked about it. We went in the, in the front three. But my front three, obviously, this week has to be Reddit. Uh, because, of, gonna touch him. because of everything that's gone on. I know you guys know, I won't go through the whole thing, but changing the way that the, the probably changing the stock market forever and the whole process of how uh, how it works, decentralising stock markets for the future, I think. Massive movement. Love it. And, uh, yeah, big shout-out to uh, the Wall Street Do You know what? You say they change it for uh, for the rest of time and, and stuff, but when uh, 95% of these people that have followed them lose their money, they're going to be like, what's happened? I thought we were all going to... No, yeah. Everyone's going to lose. The fucking <laughs> thing will lose, right? They Everyone's will, lost. Yeah, they will lose. Of course, they will lose. Most people are going to lose their money. Most, but that's not the point. One, per, one person's going to win out of this. One person's going to win out of this. Oh, lots have already won out. Deep fucking value is going to win, and that's the only. Lots, lots of people have already won out of it. Lots of people have made millions and cashed out, and happy happy days for them. But the the, the point is not how many people made millions. The point is they proved, they broke the system. They basically proved how corrupt and broken it is. And they did the opposite of what all the hedge funds and bankers have been doing for decades, which is playing the system and making it work for them and getting a ton of money. They're just doing the opposite and showing that it's broken, and which means that they have to fix it and they have to change the way it works because 
well, they're basically corrupting Wall Street. I mean, it's unbelievable. Mm. Uh, so, yeah. I hope so. I've, just, I've just put all my savings into Blockbuster, so I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> In fairness, like, people will lose their money on this, but because the B2C platforms like Trading 212 all stopped you buying and only allowed you to sell shares, they'll be blamed for their losses. So I think there'll be another another one of these soon because what, what they should have done is just let the market play itself out. Like yeah. people are buying Deadwood stock. They're, they're buying into essentially a blockbuster. So it's going to die well, sooner Mark, or later. You say that, but like one of the big ones in America was obviously the Robin Hood app. And they, I think I heard uh, one person talking about it and he probably has a, he probably has a point. He was like, this person did this knowing their apps, their business is done, but they had to do it to kind of basically save themselves. Their yeah. business is done, but everything yeah. could have been worse for them. So they said, fuck it. We're just, yeah, we'll just do what they're finished. I mean, they're, they're done. Uh, they're what else are they going to do? So I think a lot of them just, the way that, the, I don't know how the intricacies of it works, but they knew what they, they knew what they were doing and they knew that they're going to get fucked for it anyway. So it's either be fucked or really fucked. But I think you're right, Mark. I think because they stopped it, because they, they put a halt to it, it needs to end, it needs to happen still. And so it will happen, whether it's on GME, whether it's on AMC or any of those other, whatever stock it's going to be, all these like useless companies, it will be one of them and it will work and uh, it will happen because it yeah. has. It's annoying because I could have made more money if the app was up. So I bought, I bought GameStop at like $280, which was far too high. But then it went up to like 380, 390. But I couldn't cash out. And by the time I cashed out, it was like 320. So I still made money on it. But how many did you buy? Went up to 500 at one point. I bought I bought one like one share. So that was 280. And then um I made like I made like 50 quid on Build a Bear as well, because that was one of the other ones that that shot up sort of Build a Bear, I think. But what's annoying is Elon Musk. So I went to buy shares in Etsy because I know a couple of people at work who have started up things in Etsy. And then Elon Musk tweeted, I like Etsy. And that was it. You couldn't buy a share from that point on because it just boomed. <laughs> it was wow. just like, what, what, yeah, like, Elon Musk single-handedly can affect the stock market. He's, he's the richest man in the world for a reason. But the, the, thing, the thing with Elon Musk, yeah, the he's behind it, people just buy whatever he says. The, the reason he's because behind Jeff Bezos really, has hit half his wealth. Well, he's, back, he's backing he's backing reddit he's backing the, the people going against the big shorts because he knows that everyone was doing that to tesla he knows that everyone was trying to short tesla thinking it's gone to and tesla has probably gone too high it's it's, it's ridiculously overvalued spurs lost spurs lost nice but he that's why he's bought into it because he's like fuck those guys so they also shorted me and they went out to market telling everyone to stop buying tesla because it's overpriced so this is him getting his own back. And that's why he's got such a vested interest in it and why he's causing such a, like, why he's digging in so hard because he's like, yeah, screw it. There you go. Mark, finish us off. So in my uh, back, back for this week is miscounts. So I wanted to celebrate uh, Cristiano Ronaldo becoming the all-time leading goal scorer. He scored his 760th goal a couple of weeks ago. And then um, some late arriving postal goals, which uh, have come from nowhere. And suddenly the Czech FA have disputed this and said, no, we've recounted the goals scored by Joseph Bican 
and he scored 821 goals. So now Ronaldo has to score another 61 goals to, to become the all-time leading goal scorer. So oh out of nowhere, <laughs> he was celebrating being the all-time leading goal scorer. And let's face it, he, he might have been able to enjoy that for a couple of years till Messi takes over. And um, no, no, Joseph, Joseph Beacon, the Czech FA, he said, no, we've recounted. Like, how they lost count, I don't know, but they've recounted the goals, so... Surely Unlucky there's, Ronaldo. Surely there's a female that's outscored uh, all of these people. Because some of the score lines in some of these women matches and the disparity, like 10 11 nil, where America scored that many, you think they would have had more. But... It's not been going long enough. Mm. Ronaldo's been going on, hasn't been going on as long as women football. But yeah. Going uh, on. I'm going to have to hurry up. I think my, my power saving's coming on. Well, you got one um, more thing. Which is good. Yeah, so my. Uh, Front three is selflessness. So I read this week, uh, actually last week, we postponed the pod, that LeBron James' um, son has said that he won't wear the same number so that people don't know who he is and that he won't be associated with his dad, which I thought was good. What's his name, Mark? His name is LeBron James Jr. But <laughs> he has sworn to not wear the number that his dad wore. So that's good on him, isn't it? So, what a man. What a man. What a That's quick match. So yeah. Uh, mm. So yeah, I think he wears the number zero from what I could tell. So Maybe. no one will know who he is. Not, not a person. Not, not a dicky bed. Right. Good stuff. It's a quick one. That was not a quick one. It's a long one. All right. We'll say bye because Mark is losing power. He's fading. All right. I'm we'll on 8%. See you. Yeah. You're moving out next week, aren't you, Dan? Uh, yeah, can you see the boxes behind me? No, it's still, we've still haven't got Dave's still weighing in. It's going to be sometime in Feb, but don't know when. Oh, my God. Right. Taking forever. There you go. All right, hopefully we'll see you You're just time. waiting for women allowed out to help you move, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, yeah, but particularly you. Yeah. Look, I help you move in, not out. Right, <laughs> see you later on. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.